Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Finn Balor was so happy at the start of Raw to be a tag team champion again, it made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum, and I was pleased with the guy. I don't think that's meant to happen when somebody is bad. Also, hello, my friends. Another week has passed, which means we have another episode of Monday Night Raw, which has essentially been going since the day we were all born, which means it's older than all of us. That didn't make any sense, but it's also our dad. It's going to be one of those strange episodes of ups and downs. I am sorry, but let's up those downs. He was out here with friend Damien Priest too, who was all like, oh my gosh, the rest of Judgment Day aren't here because they're taking care of business in the back. And I was like, what does that mean? And I'll tell you what it doesn't mean, Cody Rhodes. That didn't work. The point is, it was actually Cody who interrupted this week and he was all like, <laughs> doesn't feel nice to be interrupted when he started to stir the pot because he was like, you ain't the leader of the Judgment Day. You ain't the leader of the Judgment Day because I'll tell you who is, dun, 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 Rhea Ripley. I mean, it was Mummy who made this deal with the bloodline when Dame over here was just smacking people in the testicles in order to win the tag team championships. That is what he did last week. He punched Cody right in the dick. Priest then thought it was hilarious that Cody was even out here. He was like, how's your story going, you absolute goober? Oh, I know. Let's read the last page. It says the American Nightmare is an absolute failure. Of course, that meant Rhodes instantly wanted to challenge Damian Priest to a fight. But he was like, you know that I'm taking on Jay Uso to so stop being a moron. When they basically went, well, shall we do it at Crown Jewel? The other guy went, yeah, okay. Now they're doing it. Cody still wanted to brawl. And this is when Rhea Ripley and the condom were out as well as J.D. McDonough. And I guess he's still trying to get in their good books because they all swarmed Cody Rhodes and they put his foot in the chair, they snapped it together, and now he ain't got no foot. This did work, though, because while it was similar to what happened on, well, many episodes of Raw recently, we're clearly being into something big at the Survivor Series where we're going to get team versus team or war games. It means you've just got to plant those seeds. Plus, isn't it nice that Cody and Finn and Rhea and Dominic and everybody else just feels like a star. They all have their own place. It's very, very nice. Um, we also saw Adam Pearce, Cody, and Jay Uso in the back after this because they were worried about Cody. And Jay Uso's advice was just slide across the floor. I was like, he definitely no medical professional. Wade Barrett and Michael Cole then had a nice chat about Wade's career because he was all like, oh yeah, you won NXT season one here, and also you got retired by the New Day. I was like, is that true? I don't remember that. But either way, here came Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. They're also facing the Alpha Academy, who are accompanied by Maxine Dupree and Tazawa. And once again, we were informed that he has joined this group. I suppose it's like a cult. Jack Gable and Otis even hit a flipping Steinerizer at one point. I was like, man, I haven't seen that in a while. And of course, because Otis is a big man, he did some big man slapping man meat stuff, and he hit that caterpillar. One day, I hope we do that literally. 
I mean, why have we never seen a caterpillar in pro wrestling? Exactly. The New Day then realized they'd have no chance unless they isolated this monster, so they did that as Kofi Kingston smacked him with the trouble in paradise. When he kind of like got rid of Chad Gable, Woods was here, he hit the big elbow, and he got the one, two, three. That was it. Like, okay, well, that's cool. I like both teams, so at least I have some happiness here, because obviously one of those teams won. Otherwise, what the hell would have happened? So I'll give it up. But am I a bit confused? Yes. Yes, I am. But I suppose sometimes, you know, it's nice to be comfortable, like going around to your nan's house on a Sunday and having a scone. And I bet my nan would love Otis. Becky Redmond was then in the back with Becky Lynch. She's basically trying to wind her up. She was all like, ha <laughs> Bex, why are you defending your NXT title on back-to-back nights? Now, Lynch actually had a very good excuse for all of this because one, she's taking on Indy Hartwell this evening because Indy never lost the championship, so she deserves a rematch. And two, Lyra Valkyria had been calling her out. So she's got to whip all their asses. Zaylee was also watching on from the background here. So once again, she's just totally useless. So remember that time she came out of hood and she helped the damage control and she did nothing. Then she was the protector of SmackDown and she didn't protect anybody. And here, she wanted to have a title match with Becky Lynch. And even though other people keep jumping the queue, she just does this and stares at people from like the other room. But they got this video package just focusing on Ivar from the Viking Raiders. This got me quite excited because the rumor mill told us that WWE officials have been very impressed with his singles work. So given that Eric is going to be out for a while and all the positive thoughts with him, we may do something with his Viking Raiders brother. And we should. He did have that very good match. Let's push him to the moon. Which is when things got really, really weird. Because of all the people to have a chat with in the back, we saw Seth Rollins talking to Rhea Ripley. Now clearly Mummy is trying to play both sides here because he was like, listen, Seth, if you employ the Judgment Day, we can form a protection barrier around that title, and you could be the champion until 4076. Rollins laughed at this, obviously, because it's quite clear to him that the Day of Judgment have lost faith in Damian Priest, because, you know, he has that Money in the Bank briefcase, and they tried to take this championship from Seth, and they totally failed. Ripley disagreed, though, because she saw this a different way, because if they do all of a sudden get together, maybe Damien will start sniffing around another championship, e.g. Roman Reigns's. She then kind of took a shot, because he was like, don't forget, Seth, you do have a bad back. And because she had brought up the tribal chief, Rollins took off his sunglasses, because it was time to get super serious. He was like, I never want to be anything like Roman Reigns. I was like, what, you don't want to hold the title since the day you were born? Come on. Now, Rhea actually went, well, you didn't say no, did you? As she did walk off, so once again, we have just done the super duper mega tease and just wait till we get to a match later. We're about to blow the roof off the place. It also means we have now woven Seth Rollins into this Judgment Day War Games thingamajig. And I like that too, because that's what we should be doing with characters, crossing the streams. It shouldn't just be like, I hate you and nobody else knows. You like this guy and hate that guy and sometimes go out for tea with this dude over here. It makes people feel real and I'm giving it up. Natalia was then sticking her oar in again because she found Candice around Indy Hartwell and she was like, eh, good luck. We also made sure to note that Valkyria was in the crowd because that's right, it was time for Becky Lynch versus Indy Hartwell for the NXT title. And guess what happened? Now, if you said Mae Young's hand interrupted to cause the disqualification, you are definitely doing some drugs. But basically, Becky Lynch won. And that's really the issue with all of these matches. Nobody in their right mind thought Indy Hartwell was going to get the W here. So while it is awesome, the man is trying to raise everybody up. Somebody has got to beat her at some point. Now, we did allow Indy to absolutely whip her ass here, including throwing her into Barry Barricade. And even when Becky applied the armbar, 
Hartwell picked her up and hit her with his bomb of power for the one-two-oo. I was like, yeah, do more of that. Right after this, too, she got another one-two-oo because she went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And while I do understand why you did do this, it did not work. Again, there was never any kind of jeopardy. Becky Lynch applied the disarmor. Indy Hartwell tapped out. We also got a bunch of stuff after this too, because not only did they shake hands, but in the back, Zylee attacked Candice LeRae, because I guess she just wanted some kind of win this evening. When we cut back to the arena, Becky Lynch was looking at Valkyria, so now it's time for them to fight. So we actually thought all of this was pretty good, especially because once again, we are making the NXT title feel special, and surely that was the idea from the word go. Give me an up. Adam Pearce was then in the back freaking out because he had a contract signing later, and he knew what was going to happen. But Adam, you do know you put Raw together, just don't do it. This is when Nick Aldis arrived, and I was like, how did he get in? Although he did have a very specific point. He was like, Adam, I'm really sorry. I kicked you out on SmackDown. Let's just call it a rookie mistake. I'm an idiot. Pierce totally understood this because he had made mistakes too, so they did agree to some friendly competition. Although as soon as Nick had taken his leave, he found some stagehand. He was like, look. I don't know how many security guards we do have for this contract signing, but we better double it. So he clearly thought trouble was ahead. Now that really was a waste of time and resources too, because you know the deal with wrestling security guards. They absolutely suck. Sometimes they're bald. This was all well-timed too, because it was then time to sign some contracts. We were going to need a lot of ink as well, because we had a bunch of people involved in this, because we had Shayna Baszler, we had Zoe Stark, we had Raquel Rodriguez, and we had Nia Jax. Neither Adam Pearce was in the ring, and everyone was like, uh, where's Rhea Ripley? He was like, look, I don't want too much carnage. I'm going to make her sign it later. Now, Jax did agree to squiggle on the dotted line, but as soon as she had done this, Rhea Ripley's music did hit, and she came out to just the biggest cheer. I keep telling you this. You think she's a star now? Just you wait. Understandably, she kind of feels like she's being screwed over here, and I was like, yes, I actually agree with you. And all Adam Pearce is doing is ruining Raw, because when this match is done, the women's division is just going to be four bodies lighter. <laughs> a good line. Now I then figured that Ripley was just waiting for Jax to squash everybody, because that's what she has been doing the last few weeks, when she turned to Raquel and basically said, I think you're a moron. The Regan smacked her right in the face. Made me laugh. Surprise, surprise, the security then jumped in. They absolutely suck at their jobs because we got this massive old brawl as this person hit that person and somebody else threw a pie into somebody else's face. There were no pies. We also saw Jax hit the Samoa drop onto Raquel and don't worry, I checked and she is Samoan, which is when Rhea did sign the contract and then she waved at Nia Jax. And I guess that was quite a pleasant thing to do. Still though, as generic as this was, because it's always the way that WWE does do this, am I excited about seeing that match at Crown Jewel? The answer is yes. Now Ripley should not lose her championship. That's my major worry here. Have we just made a big multi person? Because we are going to do that. I feel like WWE understands that would be a bad idea. So yeah, this was fun. I was sports entertained. Ludwig Kaiser was then scared because he was talking to Giovanni Vinci going, listen man, you've got this match with Johnny Gargano. And don't forget what Gunther said seven days ago. If you don't kill him, that's what he said, kill him, we're all totally screwed. Bronson Reed then showed up and he was all like, hey, good day, mate. I'd like another shot against your boss. And Ludwig understandably was like, all right, why don't you go ask him? I was like, sorry, Bronze. He makes a very good point. Amazingly, Tazawa then turned up and I suppose he was buoyed by the fact he's in the Alpha Academy because he said to Reed, I want a match. Bronson went, no. So Tazawa, as we would all do, went, bah! and slapped him one when Bronson Reed was like, okay, well, it's going to be your funeral. So that's the crime counter right there. 
You can't tell somebody that they're about to have a funeral because you're going to beat them up so bad. Goes up by one. Maxine Dupree also heard this. So she ran in and she just melted down because she was so worried about Tazawa. This is a really bizarre segment. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? A try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Before that, though, oh no. All the matches on this show, the last one I expected to go two minutes was Giovanni Vinci versus Johnny Gargano. And that's right, Vinci lost. Now, of course, this came down to the fact that Tommaso Ciampa did return to help out his friend. Because he beat up Ludwig Kaiser, and because Vinci is a wrestler in a wrestling ring, he can't handle two other wrestlers having a fight on the outside. He forgot he was in a match. Gargano hit the one final beat. Uno, dos, tres. The Gunther is going to rip his head off, because this is literally the opposite of what he asked for. Although I don't think we should kick Vinci out of Imperium because I don't see what else he's actually going to do. I do think it was a nice twist though because I didn't see it coming. And actually, this was a very good use of a two-minute match. Fair play. Up. We've then got another one of these Shinsuke Nakamura videos. And in case you're interested, they're still so damn good. Now, he was so pleased he could give Ricochet this beautiful beating. But now he does want to focus on somebody new. And he also wants to know who is worthy of setting him free. Now, I have no idea what that means but it sounded so badass. I also think this dude needs a title ASAP when we had a massive 180, because out came Logan Paul. Imagine we went back to 2016, and I told you, yes, one day on Raw, you were going to see Shinsuke Nakamura, and then out comes social media star Logan Paul. 
you would have slapped me for telling lies. Paul, of course, laughed at the fact that Dylan Dallas has been dropped by Bellator. I was like, can we please stop talking about Dylan Dallas? I don't care anymore. Well, he got mad at the crowd because they were going boo. He's also a free agent, which is why he's able to appear on Monday night. And after he beats Rey Mysterio for that United States Championship, maybe he will return here and he'll start defending it. And I was like, you won't, Logan, because the Intercontinental Championship is on Raw and we must bring balance to the force. I then absolutely went crazy because of all the people to come out. It was none other than Dominic Mysterio. And straight away, I was like, yep. They should be the brand new tag team champion. Now, of course, they just had a massive laugh in. And Loka was like, man, Domi, you've always impressed me because even though you had to overcome your deadbeat dad, you have gone on to become the champion of an entire continent. It's true. Logan then remembered because he was on Raw, Samantha Irving was the ring announcer. And then he started to wind her up because, of course, Samantha Irving is going out with Ricochet. And at SummerSlam, she had to go and the winner is... Mr. Paul. He then said that she's also going to have to announce that he will be the brand new US Championship when Ricochet just teleported in and he whipped so much ass here. And do you know why I like this? Because the last time Logan Paul was on Raw, he was feuding with Ricochet. So if Rick heard, hey, that guy that dicked you over is coming back, of course you'd try to whip his ass. It's the small things. Blink 182. It also probably sets up some kind of tag team match down the line. And I have a feeling that Dominic Mysterio may screw over his dad so that Logan Paul wins the title. And now I've searched my feelings. I'm a terrible person. I need it. I'm also now hoping that at one point we do have Grayson Waller, Austin Theory, and these two in a ring and the world will implode. And yeah, can't tell a lie. This is actually pretty good stuff. And then this actually happened. Piper Niven and Chelsea Green taking on Natalia and Nikki Cross. What? Now the titles weren't on the line because I wouldn't have been able to handle that. And for some reason, Nikki Cross is now like, I don't know, lobotomized or something. She just stares off into the distance and she took so long to get to the ring, match started anyway. It does beg the question why she's not obsessed with stalking Candice LeRae anymore. But halfway through this, she had some kind of meltdown. She left, Natty got hit with the unprettier and the crossbody, the ultimate comeback move of 2023. And she lost. Here is the deal. I actually do like the fact that Nikki is finally back on Raw because she has been gone for ages. And this new gimmick is actually quite interesting, mostly because I want to know who's been fiddling around with her brain. Up. However, this match was so damn random. It did nothing for the tag team titles. And for the rest of the day, I'm going to be asking myself, why would Natalia and Nikki Cross team up with each other? Especially if Natalia had found Nikki in the back and gone. Well, clearly she's in no state to fight. Yeah, we let her do it anyway. Down. Drew McIntyre then found Jay Uso in the back. Surprise, surprise, he didn't want to see him. McIntyre then pretended he was really sorry that Jay Uso had been screwed out of the tag team titles when he was like, <laughs> no, I'm not, because oh, boo hoo, now you know what it feels like, you bloodline son of a ditch. He also told Jay to get over this when he did just walk off. I was like, wait a minute, didn't Drew instigate this conversation? <laughs> what a piece of shit thing to do, still. He is the best character on Raw. He is so damn intriguing. He also blamed what he's going to do later to Sami Zayn on Jey Uso. Once again, this all ties in. There is so much depth. The Miz was then moaning to Adam Pearce because he wasn't being used on TV again, as he was quite literally on TV being used, when in what Rhea Ripley, she just signed the contract. She did so with Adam's pen and she kept the thing, so what a bad guy, when the cameraman kind of left the room and that annoyed The Miz and we saw that Dominic had kind of been beaten up because he had his ass whipped earlier. I don't know what this was. It was top stuff next though, because it was Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn. 
I was so damn invested. Azane had to do a moonsault off a Barry Barricade he was getting murked so much. When he tried for the ultimate comeback move of 2023, the crossbody, the Scottish warrior caught him and absolutely tore him in two. This had happened again when Sammy went for a dive, but Drew caught him and threw him into Alan the announce table. So I was freaking out because one, Sammy Zayn, would you come up with another plan? And two, all our wrestling friends were being killed. We then went all Batman Arkham Asylum because Sammy Zayn hit right trigger and dodged, so Drew McIntyre went running into Tina the Turnbuckle. When they were mucking around on the top ropes and Drew wanted to go for an avalanche white noise, but instead they hit a sunset power bomb. One, two, ooh, that was great. Drew McIntyre then wanted the Claymore kick. Sammy reversed that into the least devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the Blue Thunder Bomb. Did it work? No, of course it didn't. It was a total disaster too, because then Drew started throwing Sammy Zayn around a while. And just when he was going to go for another Claymore, out came Rhea Ripley. Ruh-roh. WWE tricked us because instantly Sammy did go for the most devastating move in all sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, but that didn't work. So he decided he'd hit the halluva kick when, of course, Rhea Ripley was cast in distraction. Now, that basically opened up the door for Drew to hit the claymore and get the one, two, three. But now we have a very confusing situation because, yeah, Drew was going to win, but Rhea stopped him. But then when Sammy was going to win, Rhea also stopped him. What the flub is going on? Rhea was super happy about this as well. And as for McIntyre, well, cry him a river, he kind of just stormed off. Still though, if you do want to go with this idea that the Judgment Day just helped Drew McIntyre, you certainly can. This is the best narrative that WWE is doing at the moment. Up. Pierce and Aldis then yelled at each other because Nick was talking to Raw superstars when Aldis decided to leave. And they did a passive aggressive handshake when Nikki Cross just walked through the frame because once again, she has been lobotomized. It was really, 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 really weird. When Bronson Reed destroyed Tazawa, obviously. I mean, he just squished him with a senton before he hit the tsunami for the one, two, three. I'm not entirely sure what this did for anybody because everybody beats Tazawa. But hey, look, Bronson did look like a monster, so I will give it an up. But I am so sick and tired of Tazawa being beaten all the time. So what I'm going to do today is I am going to ride the Tazawa train all the way to the station because I think this guy deserves more. To the point, I'm giving it a down kayfabe. We did also see Alpha Academy DIY and the New Day trying to cheer him up. Once again, they believe too the Tazawa train has arrived. Which is when Seth Rollins went and trolled Drew McIntyre. Oh no. Because he was all like, oh hi, congratulations on your first win as a member of the Judgment Day. Which is when Drew was like, well one, you were the person talking to Rhea Ripley earlier. And two, I don't know whether you did see what happened out there, but she almost cost me the match. Seth was then offended because he doesn't need any help beating this fool. When he was all like, hey, may the best man win. And Drew went, he will. I was like, oh no. That was like a schoolyard argument. You just know they are going to have a great match though. And it's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to Crown Jewel. Well, it was time for our main event, Damien Priest versus Jey Uso. Now, we were always going to get shenanigans here. I mean, if you didn't think that, you're living on another planet. And even though Jay did do well at the start because he hit a dive, when we cut to the commercial break, Damien Priest was just in control. And either way, Barrett was like, man, you should have seen the beating that Damo was doing. But we didn't, so we'd have to make it up for ourselves. And I'm going to assume that Damien Priest dressed up like Jimmy Uso. and was all like, oh, hey, bro, Uso, dun, 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 and started singing their old theme. And even though Jay was like, well, I don't think that is my brother, I better check. Priest thumped him in the head, and he was on his way. That'll do. Jay also got thrown into Alan the announce table and hit with the flatliner back in the ring for the one, two, ooh. But when Priest went for the razor's edge, Jay wiggled out, and he got the splash. 
It kind of looked like he had the match one. This is when Finn Balor ran out, though, and the ref was like, well, I can't possibly count to three now, so I was dying, because that was ridiculous. And naturally, Jay saw this, and he took out Balor with a dive. The ref didn't know what to do, so he was just looking in all the wrong places, which is when Balor got involved again. Damian Priest hit the choke slam, and he got the one, two, three. And I was like, listen, ref, you probably need to lose your job. So like Britney Spears, they had done it again, and afterwards, the Judgment Day were just going to destroy this guy. When eventually, Cody Rhodes came out, even though he's only got one leg. Although, he did get his hands on his chair, and he was going crazy. He also wanted revenge for his foot, as anybody would, so he was going to pilmanize Damian Priest, but Finn Balor made the save as Cody and Jey Uso embraced in the ring as Raw went off the air. And you just know that's going to tie in. I think Drew McIntyre's going to like it. And once again, I get it as well. It all does feel kind of similar, but I think it needs to be this way because we do have our big halloo at Survivor Series. If nothing else, I'm just enjoying all the stories and the kind of nuance that Raw has at the moment. WWE never has nuance. Giving it an up. And I'm also going to give Raw an up overall because I thought it was a very fun show. I look forward to all the madness over the next few weeks. Up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's episode of Raw. Like the video, share the video, subscribe. Click the video on the screen for ups and downs for AEW collisions for all of professional wrestling. Go to whatculture.com, follow us on social media, and just have yourself the best old day. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.